Giant Seeds. Join us this October 1st through 3rd for our first annual Fight, Laugh, Feast conference. We are bringing a mix of beer and songs, fellowship and food, and speakers who have been deplatformed by the evangelical elite and occasionally end up in Facebook jail. Step out of the boring, benign Christian conference circuit and step into the rowdy Christian world of engaging culture while standing firmly on God's word. Most conferences will lull your faith to sleep and teach you how to obey the 11th commandment, but our people, our culture, our country needs the high-octane gospel that applies to every area of our lives. So join us in Nashville as we fight, laugh, and feast together. Sign up now at fightlaughfeast.com, and we look forward to seeing you in Nashville October 1st through 3rd as we build a rowdy Christian culture for God's glory and our good. You know we at war with your gods, y'all. The flesh in the world gotta die. Hallelujah! Talk about conference. Thank you. Woo! Well, that's what my baby's gonna feel like. <laughs> um. Well, uh, welcome across politics. That is a woo. Hey, you try not sleeping for the last few days. Tell me how you like it. Having, I, I just had a baby. What's your excuse? Well, not me, silly. My wife just had a baby. Eight pounds, 12 ounces. Woo. And I just got baptized. Welcome to Cross Politics. I'm the Chocolate Knox. As you can tell, I've been getting lots of sleep. Not really. But I'm very, very grateful for the sleep that I haven't been getting because of that small, little, cute, little baby that I got. It's so awesome. Thanks, Neil. Thanks, thanks for the water. So, you're probably wondering to yourself, are they still on vacation? Yes. Yes, everybody's still on vacation. I haven't gotten my sleep schedule right, so that's, that's my excuse. Pastor Toby just celebrated 20 years with his wife, Jenny. Congratulations, you guys. So they're still around touring the world, enjoying their vacation. I still have no idea what Gabe is doing. My fear is that I'm going to come to the office and Gabe's going to be in commando paint in the office, planning a whole new show and kind of like pinky in the brain, figuring out how to take over the world. So be praying for us with that, that whole thing. And be praying that when we come back in the studio, the world has gone normal. <laughs> Because it's not right now. So what we're going to do today is we're going to give you another wonderful piece of content. I really am wet. Thanks. That's really, that's, <clears throat> uh, hope the gear is okay. We're going to give you another wonderful piece of club content that we have behind our portal for all those lovely club members. And if you're not a club member, then you should be. Because that's where a lot of great content is. And you can support us as we try to spread the gospel throughout teaching uh, baptizing and teaching everybody to command everything, uh, baptizing and teaching everybody to obey everything that Jesus has commanded. So Club Portal is a great way to get a lot of that extra content where we go into a lot of details that we don't get a chance to cover on the show. We have Gary DeMar back there. We have George Grant back there. We also have Keith McCurdy on parenting your children. It is so good. So we have a marriage thing with Nancy and Doug Wilson and Pastor Toby and Jenny. That's a lovely. Then we have, uh, Filmmaking with Darren. There's all kinds of lovely club, club content back there that you need to engage. Go check it out. Sign up for a Fight Laugh Feast club membership. And if you are a Fight Laugh Feast club member, you get $100 off of the conference coming up in October 1st through 3rd. One of the only Christian, I said last time, the only Christian conference. I was wrong. I was wrong. I totally forgot about Grace Agenda. 
Grace Agenda is also happening. And that's going to happen. When is that happening, Neil? In August? Yeah, it's happening. Uh, okay, yeah. So Grace Agenda, you can find out. Just Google Grace Agenda. Sign up. Come out to Moscow. Would love to meet all you guys before we meet in October, the 1st through 3rd in Tennessee. So the only two Christian conferences still happening <laughs> in the crazy COVID era. So coming up right now is... Walter Williams, we went on our East Coast tour before the Corona crazy happened in January, and we made our way up the East Coast visiting some amazing people and getting a chance to talk to them about uh, the gospel, how it interacts with politics. And Walter Williams was on one of our stops. And guys, check this out. We actually went to Walter Williams home and had a chance to hang out with Walter Williams in his house. This is amazing. My life task is almost done now. I've met Walter Williams, now Thomas Sowell, and I'm done. I don't need to do anything else. And so we're going to give you just a little taste of that. Uh, about 30, 40 minutes of that. And if you want to finish the rest of it, you're going to have to sign up, become a Fight, Laugh, Feast Club. Did I just, I need sleep, people. Plus tax. Fight, Laugh, Feast Club member so you can finish the rest of this lovely content. So, Acacia Cortez, uh, you know who she is, AOC? Yeah. Uh, she was interviewed by Ta-Nehisi Coates mm-hmm. uh, uh, this last week. And in the interview, she was talking about how billionaires make money off their employees and how uh, you know the employees are actually the ones doing all the work. The billionaires are sitting on couches while the employees are doing all the work and then yet they end up with a billion dollars and the employees barely end up with a, a barely end up with a living wage as she would define labor, it. Right? And then she summarizes this by saying, and so no one ever makes a billion dollars. You take a billion dollars. So she basically summarizes by saying those those owners, the CEOs of the company, they're taking a billion dollars. They aren't making a billion dollars. It's everyone at the ground level who's making should be making the money, but instead billionaires, the owners are the ones who are taking the money. How do you how do you process that? How do you respond to that? No, I think it's a at summary it would be just plain nonsense. You say, well, <laughs> How do people become rich? Uh, well, in a free market, people become rich by serving their fellow man. Amen. By making your fellow man better off. Yeah. Right. You say, well, look, how did Bill Gates become one of the richest people in the world? Yeah. His grandfather did he, did owned he, did, he, did he do it through <laughs> robbing people? Right. No, he didn't. He produced windows. Yeah. Something that satisfies people. Yep. He, and and he, and and what people did, they all around the world, they voluntarily plunked down four hundred dollars yep. for his windows. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, or matter of fact, you can you can look at, um, you can look at income. People get income by serving their fellow man. That is, you say, look, suppose I I mow your lawn. Right. And you give me twenty dollars for mowing your lawn. Well, what is that twenty dollars? Well, you see what it is when uh, I go to the grocer and I say, "I would like to have a six pack of beer and two pounds of steak that my fellow man produced." So the grocer, in effect, says to me, "Well, Williams, you're making a claim on what your fellow man produced. What did you do to serve him?" And that's when I plunk. I showed the twenty dollars. Yeah. I serve my fellow man by mowing his lawn. And right. this is proof. This is the evidence, the right. $20. Right. Now, 
The difference between government, government can say to me, well, Williams, you don't have to get out in hot sun and mow your fellow man's lawn. We will take his beer and, and, uh, and steak <coughs> to give to you. Yeah. And so, so you've asked about the morality of it. Yeah. I think it's, 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 a, it's a good uh, or high standard of morality that in order to have a claim on what your fellow man produce, you have to serve your fellow man. Yeah. And, and when, and, 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 and matter of fact, with this whole business of, of, of income redistribution and taking people's money, yeah. you, you have to think that if you are a Christian, you'd have to be against that because when God gave Moses the commandment, thou shalt not steal. Right. He didn't mean thou shalt not steal unless you got a majority vote in the United States Congress. That's right. You preaching. He meant that you shall just shall not steal. <laughs> and so people become rich by serving the fellow man. Look, look at Walmart. Yeah. Well, he didn't rob anybody. He went out there and, he, matter of fact, he started out as a, delivering milk as on his bicycle. Yeah. In the morning. Right. Wow. Delivering newspapers. <laughs> but... He he made he he with his mind and his and his willingness to take risk, he made it possible for his sir, his fellow man to get a lot of goods. You uh, yeah. you know you go into Walmart store, there must be at least a hundred thousand different items. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and to, and to find out how to organize yeah. to do all that stuff, that it requires uh, uh, no less than a genius. Yeah. That's right. But but to your Bill Gates situation, Bill Gates invents Windows. And then all his employees do all the work, and Bill gets all the profits, and his employees don't get to share in the profits. Well, I, that's, but that's not true, though. That's right. You know, the people who work for for uh, for Win Microsoft, they're in a lot of money. Yes, they do. There's janitors at Microsoft that are doing real good, <laughs> <laughs> but they don't get to share in the profits. They just get they just get the but the they, wages. Well, that, well, 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 but yeah, no, they are wages. There's rent. There's profit, and there's interest. There, there are various forms of payments to uh, factors of production. That is, labor gets wages, land gets rent, uh, employers, I mean, entrepreneurs get profit, mm. and capital uh, gets uh, interest. Uh, gets interest. Yeah. Now, if you look in entre- you look at an entrepreneur, a guy who owns it. Let's let's <clears> say <throat> I'm hiring you. I run a country, a company. I hire you. Well. Uh, I, um, I must, I must, you get your wage anyway, regardless of what happens to the country, the company. Yeah. But I have to, I, I'm the residual. I get what's left over. Right. And so if things don't go very well, I don't get anything. You're the one taking the risk. Yeah. Not right. him. Yeah. And so if it, uh, you have a downturn year, you're the one that gets yeah, the right. downturn. You still get you your still wage. Get your or or, or you, ask, you ask the question, look, uh, you take somebody like <clears throat> Drew Brees the quarterback of, yeah. the, of the Saints. Yeah. The guy gets $40 million a year. Right. And so the, the, the people who, uh, uh, who, who operate the, uh, uh, the machines, they don't get $40 million a year. Uh, many other people around that's involved with the Saints organization, <laughs> right. they don't get, they don't get uh, that kind of money, but Drew Brees does. Right. Yeah. So, so, why is it? How come the secretary working for the uh, uh, the New Orleans Saints? Right. 
how come she gets sixty or seventy thousand dollars a year, right? And Drew Brees working for the same con- company, he gets forty. That's not fair. Forty million. <laughs> that is not fair. The referees <laughs> running down the field just like well, the rest of them. <laughs> and, and Drew Brees couldn't be a quarterback without the referees. Right. Well, but you, but you ask the question here. Yeah. You, you ask the question. Well, if Drew Brees. If if you could get if the if the New York New Orleans Saints could hire somebody with his skills for hundred thousand dollars a year, why would they pay him forty million? Right, that's right, right. I mean, he, I mean, and if they didn't pay him forty million, they'd find that the New York Giants would have him instead. Yeah, right. Yeah. And then what's their what's their investment now? So yeah. so right. we, so <coughs> you, you you look at you you take a person. Um, I'm trying to think of the CEO of um, of Jack Welch of the uh, of, of uh, GM of General Electric, yeah, GE. Yeah. <clears throat> when he came into when he when he started the company, right? I believe that they I don't have the figure right offhand, but I believe that they might have been worth uh, five billion dollars. And when he left, they were worth hundreds of billions of dollars. Wow. Mm-hmm. So. So you have to ask the question, well, a person who has the ability to make a $5 billion company, uh, a, a, a $500 billion company, well, he's worth something. Right. Yeah. And, back and, to, and so, and matter of fact, I believe he just, he just wound up getting, uh, I'm, not at, I, I'm not absolutely sure, but it's in a neighborhood of maybe $100 million. Back to the AOC quote. That, that's why it's nonsense, though, is that the difference in the company is Welch. Yeah. He's the one who, who thought through, what does this company need to do? He was working. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I think the answer, the fundamental answer to AOC's point is that the entrepreneurs are the ones doing hard work. It, yeah, it's, right. it's just not true that the day laborers are the only ones working. He's not just sitting on yeah. his couch. You don't sit on your couch and magically turn a company... Yeah. From five to five hundred billion, and and same thing with 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 Drew Brees. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the 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 reason why the secretary is getting sixty or seventy thousand dollars a year right. because of Drew Brees. Yes, <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. He, he's, he's making the <coughs> he's making the Saints operation very very profitable. He is. Why is why does it seem like? I mean, just over the last what maybe fifteen years, I can think about. I've seen Bernie Sanders and people like AOC rise to the top. I mean, a couple elections ago when Obama was running, uh, Bernie Sanders was a laughing stock of the Democratic Party. And now he's actually competing right now to be possibly a nominee. And then AOC is up here in New York. How did that? What's happened that this worldview and this thinking is actually starting to permeate the culture? Well, I I think it's the, the... It's it's a decline in morality of the American people. Ooh. That is, <clears throat> politicians. We can't blame politicians for. We can blame a little bit, but the bulk of the blame lies with the American people. That is, politicians are doing precisely what the people who elect them to office want them to do. Yeah. And so, <clears throat> they and and most people. Our politicians are elected to office on the promise that the, on the promise they make that they will use the power of their office to take what belongs to one American and bring it back to them. Wow. 
That is, and a politician not doing that, he won't get elected to office. Mm. I mean, if you ask the question, suppose I were running for the United States Senate Mm -hmm. in the state of Pennsylvania, and I go, go across the state campaigning, and I tell my fellow Pennsylvanians, look, I've, I know what's in the Constitution. If you elect me to the Senate, don't expect from me to bring back uh, highway construction money, aid to higher education, uh, food stamps, and <coughs> prescription drugs. Um, now, and the question, because it's not in the Constitution. Right. And so the question I have for you is that, do you think that I would get elected to the Senate <laughs> from Pennsylvania? <laughs> No, I wouldn't. And the, re- and, and the Pennsylvanians would do, be doing exactly the right thing by not electing me to the office to, of the Senate. Because if I don't bring back, as Senator Williams, if I don't bring back billions of dollars to Pennsylvanians, it doesn't mean that Pennsylvanians will pay a lower federal income tax. <coughs> All that it means is New Jersey will get it instead. Yeah. Oh, right. And so right. once legalized theft begins, There's no stop it you. pays for everybody to participate in it. Wow. So everybody's grasping. And those right? who don't participate in it will wind up holding the brown end of the stick. Wow. How do you stop that? Wow. I don't think you can stop it. Oh, somebody's got to be able to put the brakes in this thing somewhere. No, no, no. no, no. So Otherwise, you just keep grasping for well, it just to get yours then, don't you? That's what happens. And and uh, So where does this end? Yeah. Well, a lot of people have asked me uh, the question, what can we do? And you, you have to ask the question, well, I ask them, are, are the American people as human beings, are they any different from the Roman, the Spanish, the French, the British? These are great empires of the past who went down the tubes. Yes, sir. Are we any different from them as human beings? And I say no. No. Mm -mm. I'm depressed. And so so we're we're headed in the same direction. Yeah. 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 It seems like the only other possibility is is a massive spiritual reformation. Right. Well, well... not and, and that can't happen because <coughs> if you look if you look at the church, oh, whether whether you're Catholic or whether it's Presbyterian Baptist, the the message from the pulpit is not that of telling the parishioners don't take government money. Oh. The, the it's the the the, the message is <laughs> you can to stop take, now <laughs> <laughs> to take more government money. That's, That's right. True. That's right. So true. That's right. And so 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 what I'm saying it, 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 there's not going to be a religious awakening. And so the so you know the, you know like th- think about this. If you were around in 1887 yeah. in London at Queen Victoria's Jubilee. And if you had suggested that Great Britain would become a third-rate nation, challenged on the high seas by a sixth-rate nation such as Argentina, and almost lose, wow, you would have been put into the insane asylum. Yeah, because it was inconceivable yeah. that Great Britain would become a third-rate nation, and it was inconceivable that anybody would challenge Great Britain on the high seas. But nonetheless, he did. Right. And, and matter of fact, it's kind of interesting tale. 
I mean, it, the statement used to be that the sun never set right. on the British crown. Right. And, you know, one guy quit. Uh, he said, well, the reason why is because God did not trust the British in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> so, but great empires of the past have gone down the tubes yeah. for doing, and we're doing exactly the same things that they were doing, right. bread and circuses. Yeah. I just, you know, yeah. there's, there's one thing just from reading the Bible, understand how God works too, there is this sense of that there's a prophet that comes forth and God causes a nation to repent. And if there's ever going to be a revival, it's going to have to come from regenerated hearts, believing in God, what he says about his word, and practicing those things. And then all of a sudden it trickles up from just basic faithfulness, obedience to the word of God. And we've seen that so many times in the word of God. I think you're right, though. If, if it's going to happen, it's going to come from the first churches saying, hey, let's be self-sufficient. Let's be self-sustaining. And we see some of it happening. You see um, Samaritan Ministries which is a Christian organization that is trying to figure out how can we take care of the people among us at health sharing so that if a, mm -hmm. a person gets sick, we send out an email, it goes out and people give money mm -hmm. to take care of that person without having to go to the government to get health care. Yeah. And so we see certain things little, pop. Little pockets. Yeah, of, we see little little things. Yeah, but it's not big enough. Now. No, yeah. but, but you know, one thing about God, though, is I always use a small things. You know, he used David and David and Goliath. Well, right? I mean, well, God did not do anything for the Romans, the British, the, the, yeah. uh, the French. There the are times. He, he also there, judges. There, there yeah. Are, yeah, there are times where he will flatten a place mm -hmm. and then take people out and rebuild again. We've seen that. Mm -hmm. um, I'm just hoping that we're in the place where we have revival and that um, we don't get demolished. Yeah. But there is a point where judgment happens. And I, and I do think, though, that it, almost, it always happens, though, it, it, in a moment where it's utterly impossible. I mean, right. the, it, the kind of reformation that God actually does is the kind where it really is impossible. It doesn't, it won't, it won't add up, it won't make sense. Mm -hmm. And, and it could just as easily completely go down the tubes. Mm -hmm. the, the, one of the things I find encouraging though is, it, and it's been in the short time, probably since mm -hmm. the early 80s, when homeschooling started really getting big, um, there's been, uh, Christians who have decided to take control of education. The one thing that they mm -hmm. can really get their hands on. And from that era up until now, Christian colleges that have developed, we've seen this kind of Christian uprising um, in education that I don't think we even know what the outcome is going to be 20 years mm -hmm. from now. We're just seeing a generation of homeschoolers coming to um, uh, the workforce, mm -hmm. um, into uh, technology, they're thinking about things. Some of them even vote. Yeah. <laughs> Some of them even vote. We don't even know what the outcome is going to be yet of the Christian education that's been developing over the last 20, 30 years. Mm -hmm. And so while we have a group of people that are kind of unplugged and aren't being faithful, there's still this kind of rowdy bunch of group of people who are not willing to give up um, on what it means to be a faithful father, be a faithful mother, to be a faithful daughter and son and, and to be a faithful Christian all the way from their home to their work, you know, to their kids, uh, to their kids. And, and yeah. we're seeing the fruit of that. And I don't think that it's even hit yet. It's prime. I think we're just seeing the, the yeah, branches well, of it. Yeah. I, I, I think it's still, you, you go back to uh, your, uh, your church or your parishioners and you say, look, the only way you get a social security check 
is for the government to take the money of those who are working in the workforce and give it to you. Right. That's dishonest. Yeah. Let's stop it. Yeah. Yeah. How, much, how, much, how much do you think, how much support do you think well, you would get? Well there's, well, well, there's one church, at least in Idaho, that's doing that. Our pastor yeah. actually teaches that. Yeah. And, you know, there's only about a thousand of us, uh-huh. but there's but he's been teaching that for a couple of decades. I mean, but do but do the uh, does the congregation obey? Yeah. Say do, do they say to the social <coughs> social security administration keep your money? Yes. Do yes. they send the checks back? Yes. They don't. Well, well, well at least some of them are. I, mean, the, I, know, I know some of them do. The uh, principle that our pastors taught us is, um, you know, if you start collecting social security. Just um, collect what they owe you in, for taking your money, and then stop taking checks. And, and no, 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 no. That, that doesn't work that way. That is, <clears throat> the the uh, the Social Security system is a big Ponzi game. Oh yeah, oh I know. No, and so <clears throat> the only way that you can get any Social Security is for is is for the government to take money away from people who are working today. Right. And give it to you, right? Because the when when the when the Social Security Administration started in in 1933, 30, 36 rather, they said that money that would be taken out of your pay, it would be your money. It would be put in a special account for you, right? Oh yeah, <coughs> and and you could draw on it when you retire. Good right. luck with that. And <laughs> that is not true at all. Right. 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 And so the. So it forces you to recognize that that a Social Security recipient, a person uh, 65, 70, whatever, <clears throat> the only way that he gets the money from the Social Security Administration is for the government to take right. the earnings mm-hmm. of somebody who's working now. Right. That's right. I, yeah. I'm, 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 yeah. And so, so it's it's not it's not getting back the money that you put in. Right. Because because the money you put in is gone. Right. Yeah. Right. That that's. That's true. It's yeah. gone. Yeah. And the only way they can give you money is to take money from those who are paying into Social Security. Right. So if 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 this is going down the tubes, why have you done what you've done? Why have you written all the articles you've written, written all the books you've written, taught for as long as you've taught? Mm-hmm. It, nobody's listening, <laughs> apparently. Mm-hmm. Why, why do what you've done? Because it's fun. <laughs> this goes back to your uh, your uh, rowdy days, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're just rowdy. You can't rowdy. stop. You can't right. stop well, being rowdy. Yeah. Answer, I, I want to ask you what, what what do you think is the the best time for black people in America? When's the best time? What, yeah, what would you mark as being the best time for? I say right now. Right now. Yeah. Even with all the social structures that are there right now that are crippling us, you would say still right now is the best time. Well, for, yeah. Well, it, it all depends what you use as a measure. Yeah, it says that like if you if you measure um, income and let's say material wealth, then clearly black people today, in terms of material wealth, are much better off than they've ever been. That is uh, the kind of things that that black people, even poor people, black people uh, own, or poor people in general, is much higher than than years ago. For example, if you look at the if you look at the statistics from the Census Bureau, uh, 62% of people who are defined as poor 
own at least one car. Yeah. And 14 own two or more cars, 14%. Wow. Um, poor people today have, <coughs> have, have televisions, microwaves, washing machine, air conditioning. Cell phones. Cell phones. Right. And, uh, and matter of fact, if you're standing on a corner in downtown Philadelphia or downtown anywhere, and someone says, uh, you're just standing there, and just by their appearance, they say to you, would you point out people who are poor walking by and the people who are not poor walking by? You could hardly tell. Ooh. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but years ago, you could. Yep. Years yeah. ago. Now, so what, so the, in, in, in that sense, there's no more poverty in America. That is, there's, I should maybe refine, I should say, there's no more material poverty. Mm. But there's a plenty of spiritual poverty yeah, right. to, of the day that did not exist. When I was a kid, I'm, I'll be, you know, I'm, I'm almost four, 84 years old. But when I was a kid, <clears throat> the kind of things that you saw people do in North Philadelphia, uh, 18 miles from here, uh, were unheard of. I mean, the, the, today. Yeah. I mean, the. Uh, my father uh, deserted my mother and sister and I when I was three and my sister was two. And we lived in the Richard Allen Housing Project in North Philadelphia. And we were the only kids in our neighborhood that did not have a mother and a father in the house, two-parent household. Wow. We were the only ones. Wow. Today is exactly the opposite. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That it, it would be rare to find It'd be the flip, the reverse, right? Yeah. And it turns out that if you look at the statistics today among Black Americans, seventy-five percent of Black babies are born uh, out of wedlock. If they're born at all, seventy-five yeah, percent, yeah. right? And and in nineteen thirty-eight, it was eleven percent. Wow. Illegitimacy among Blacks and three percent among whites. Today is thirty over slightly over thirty percent of whites. <laughs> uh, sorry, in that because I think I'm out of shape on this one. I gotta get some sleep. If you want to enjoy more of that content, <laughs> I suggest you get the app. Fight, Laugh, Feast app. You can find it in any one of your favorite app stores. Also, I, so here's all the content that's inside of the club portal. Uh, History, Doomed to Repeat It with Chris Schlecht. The Joys of Parenting with Doug Wilson and Nancy Wilson. Mike Lawyer talks about biblical counseling. Uh, filmmaking with uh, Darren Dunn. It's not just filmmaking. It's filmmaking and hustle. And one thing right now, if you haven't learned from the COVID-19 Man, hustlers and people who know how to get out there and work in this crazy environment, they're going to be the ones who take over right now. They're not missing out on any opportunity to glorify God, even with restrictions. So that is, man, and Darren's been doing this for over 25, 30 years now as a filmmaker, which his whole life has been basically COVID-19 and hustle. So also you got pastors in politics. Uh, these are all series, guys. Uh, Uncle Gary did God in Government with us, as well as an eschatology series as well. So... East Coast tour, but we got them watching. Um, and then what is this? 
Oh, we have albums, musical albums from people here. And then the backstage pass, which has all the shows that we've done and all the little breaks in between so you can hear what we really say. Raising Sturdy Kids with Keith McCurdy, Elite Execution, uh, No Limits Eschatology just said that. The Worldview Shotgun Series, which tells you how we think about things and how our worldview operates. Set Free, which is a basically a, a, a training and a uh, uh, two parts. So we'll give you two videos on this talks about pornography and how to be completely set free. And just real quick, I want to say what I love about this people. When they talk about porn, they usually are talking about all the things you shouldn't do, but they don't typically get into what you're made for. And so there's a session with pastor Wilson where he talks about what you're actually made to do. And then Pastor Toby and Pastor Wilson talk about that in, in, in contrast to men and women, husband and wives, and, and that part of uh, your marriage. But, guys, I can't tell you, Set Free is such an awesome course, and we have two of those on our club portal. So that's a good enough reason to become a Fight, Laugh, Feast member, not to mention the $100 you get off on the conference October 1st through 3rd that we hope to see you at. So without any, any – I'm out of practice. Without any further ado, if you're single, get married. If you're married, have kids. And if you have kids, go baptize them. Until next week, love God with all your heart. So, oh, not until next week. Babylon guys are coming on and hosting the show for us this Sunday. So, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Go fight, laugh, and feast. Babylon B guys. That's amazing. They're hosting. You don't want to miss that. All right. I'm going back to sleep. When a medical need arises, hundreds of thousands of Christians across the nation care for one another by sharing financially for those medical needs. Samaritan members pray and reflect God's love and care by providing for one another. While times continue to change, God's love doesn't. He cares for us as we are called to care for one another.